Right, I think I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Welcome to the Bearded Fan Podcast. I am Andrew, and thanks for joining me on this episode. In this week's episode, I speak to Monkey from Monkey Design. We talk about tattoos, motorcycles, and I get a tattoo done while we're doing the podcast. Well, look at that. It's Friday again and time for another podcast episode. So before I get into this week's episode, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of my favorite music venues in Johannesburg. It is the Music Box in Observatory. If you've listened to some of my previous podcasts, you would know that I have mentioned them before and I've watched Dan Petlansky and uh, Russ from Prime Circle play there and actually did the podcast with Ross at the Music Box. So um, if you don't know about the Music Box, the Music Box is in Observatory. Um, it is run by a guy by the name of Glenn. He hosts good local artists in his house. He has a, a basement in there that seats 60 people. Nice intimate venue to watch some quality South African music. I think you pay between 500 and 550 rand for a ticket included and that is a good meal um, and drinks and obviously the show so uh, check out the show notes so that you can see the contact details there the next gig that will be there will be ross from prime circle again uh you part of his acoustic tour i think that's on the 22nd of november but again just check the show notes for the details and talking about the music box this past weekend i went to go watch jesse clegg there he had just got back from the u.s he did his gig there unplugged and i have to tell you it's the first time i've seen jesse play live i've heard his music on radio obviously but it was such an amazing uh, show that he put on and i highly recommend you catch him live uh, i see he's got a couple of gigs coming up one which is going to be tonight at uh, Snatch 23, which is in the Walterfrieden Fairlands area, and then another one on Sunday at Tiger's Milk in Cedar Square. And check out his website for uh, his upcoming uh, shows around the country. Having said that, um, another important thing is that he has got his new uh, video, which is released today, which is called Let It Burn. I'll see if I can find a link and put it in the show notes as well. So check that out. Uh, it's a great song. It's currently playing on the radio at the moment. Okay, this week's episode. Uh, I did something different. Uh, look, I'm sure it's been done before in a podcast, but uh, for me it was the first. I decided to get a tattoo while I was doing a podcast interview with a tattoo artist who happens to be a good friend of mine, Monkey from Monkey Design. He's working out of Fallen Heroes in Parkhurst. So um, about a year ago, Monkey and I were talking I had an idea for a tattoo. I've got this old BMW motorcycle. I really love the lines of the fuel tank and the boxer motor that's sticking out there. And I had this idea and I said, hey, do you think it'll work? And he said, yeah, it should work. But we put it on the back burner for a while. And then earlier this year, I had a chat to him and said, hey, listen, I'd really love you to come onto the podcast. And he said, yeah, that would be a good idea. And I said, hey, listen, why don't we do that tattoo that we spoke about while we're doing the podcast? 
Uh, so we agreed on that and he came around to my place, took some photos, came back with a sketch for me and I was blown away. Um, I was really, really amazed. Uh, it was more than I expected. And uh, we set up a date and we did that podcast recently while I was getting my tattoo done. Check out um, my Instagram profile uh, for some photos or some pictures of that. Tell me what you think. And talking about Instagram profiles and the like, what I've done is I've uh, created a dedicated podcast uh, uh, Instagram account as well as Facebook account. Again, available in the show notes. But the Bearded Fan, or Bearded Fan podcast on Instagram, Bearded Fan podcast on Facebook. And if I can ask you, if you guys are on Apple or using Apple Podcasts, if you could leave a review as well as a rating for me, that would be really great. That helps with uh, growing the podcast, getting other people to find it, and obviously um, helps out. Um, don't forget to drop me a message, either a DM on Instagram or a message on Facebook or on my email address, which is info at beardedfan.ca.za. Give me some feedback, good or bad, I don't really ma- I don't really mind. Obviously, the whole idea is that I'm trying to improve the podcast. If you let me know what's working, what's not working, that feedback is, is more than welcome and very, very valuable. Okay, I think I'm getting a bit serious here. You know what, let's get into this week's podcast. It's a bit of a long one. Uh, if you're listening to this in the morning, get yourself a good cup of coffee. If you're listening to this in the evening grab that beer or that good whiskey, sit back and enjoy the podcast. And like I said, don't forget to let me know what you think. Here it is. Hope you guys enjoy. So I mean, sometimes people don't realize the, the amount of setup that goes into um, you know, doing a tattoo, uh, like before and after. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so in terms of the setup of your station, I mean, obviously... Everything needs to be sterile and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Normally, think about that. Huh? Yeah, I mean, we can get a bit lazy. We've got a little, we've got an assistant that does some of the stuff for us. Okay. Um, like breakdown and setup. But normally, you know, if it's just us, then you know, it takes you like yourself, yeah, so. it takes like 15 minutes or so just to yeah. And then obviously breakdown in between. It's cleaning up and um, sort of because everything is single use, you know, yeah. so you don't. Apart from your machine and cables and that kind of thing, everything everything else gets chucked away afterwards. So, like for instance, like you know, when you're becoming an apprentice, uh, so I heard that sometimes you know a lot of the apprentices or the people are the ones that are. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I mean, the first the first thing you ever learn when it comes to um, when when you start your apprenticeship is how to hold a broom and a mop, and yeah, and how to keep your eyes open and your mouth shut. Yeah, how to make coffee. I mean, I remember, fuck, I washed cars. I laid lawn for fuck's sake. <laughs> While you were an apprentice? Yeah, it was under the premise that, you know, it was a Sunday braai. Yeah. He says, oh, do you want to come over for a Sunday braai? I'm like, yeah, first time I get invited with all, to all the, you know, the big kahunas, you know. Yes. And then, yeah, he turns around and... Um, I, I get there and he turns uh, and there's this trailer full of fucking instant lawn and he's, he lived in Heldercrane so oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a 45 degree angle garden and he, he says yeah yeah we all bry after you've laid all this lawn okay <laughs> lay the lawn 
So when did you decide that you wanted to become a tattoo artist? Sort of, I originally got into the industry purely for the piercing side of things. I wanted to go to like body mod side. Okay. And I was doing really well. So the, the late 2000s and everything, piercings just dwindled. And they said, listen, you know, do you want to learn how to tattoo? You know, and I was like, cool, yeah, I'm game. I mean, I had, like I drew and I, I did all the stenciling and everything and I drew quite a bit, but. Was like, that before you became a tattoo artist? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, drew, I drew a bit here and there and I took art class and stuff like that. But like, I didn't really have it in my head to yeah. do that, you know? And then, ta-da! That was the noise I make when the stencil comes on nicely. Um, and yeah, I just, I sort of just kept asking people and shit like that. And they turned around, you know, so I got, I got sort of like turned down a couple of times. And then, when was it? I moved out to Hearties and there was a guy here who opened a shop. And I used to just rock up there on a weekend and sort of just get a piercing or you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And then, my, then I became pretty good mates with them. Then at lunch, uh, you know, lunch break, I used to drive down the road to them and then help them with stencils. And then after a while, I just never left. Okay. And he says, well, seeing that you're just here for all the fucking time, you do an a a apprenticeship and we go from there. That was 2003. Cool. You've been doing that ever since, right? Pretty much, yeah. I've been, mean, I've, been I've been tattooing since 2004. And did you get but back like into two, doing piercings or all that? No, I mean, I was, I was doing piercings for quite a while. Just because of a lot of the shops I went to, they didn't really have like a dedicated piercer. So, and yeah. I would just sort of do it when somebody came in. But we didn't sort of advertise the fact that, you know, we did yeah. piercings. And then, I mean, to become a piercer, what do you have to do? Well, I mean, here it's like, now, back then, it, you know, the, you just find an apprenticeship for the for the same way you would find a tattoo shop, tattoo, okay. you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, for tattooing, but there wasn't really. It's not like in the states or anything where you've got. We've got like rules and regulations here. There's there's no one looking out for anybody. Yeah. Here, you know, like in the UK when I was tattooing there, you needed a you needed a license and you, know, you had a full on interview with with the, the local borough health department that, that you're working in and okay. you had to follow those rules and regulations. But here, I mean, health department can't even figure out their own hospitals. Are they supposed to figure out their own, you know, figure out tattoo shops? So you guys like now sort of like self-regulating? Like tattoo artists? I mean, Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just a moral obligation to yeah. you know, our clients to keep everything clean, sterile. Yes. You know, a lot of us have taken sort of bloodborne pathogen courses yes. and cross-contamination courses and that kind of thing. Cool, dude. I need that to dry. Okay. Stupid amount. We'll go have a okay. smoke. Because I mean, like, like you don't think about the whole blood pathogen thing. No, and funny enough, like everybody's always worried about uh, sort of AIDS virus and yes. stuff like that. And ironically, that's the last thing you need to be worried about. Like, yeah. it's your hepatitis. Hepatitis. Because, I mean, once, uh, once your, the AIDS virus is out of the body, it dies. So you were saying that you, that you tattooed in, in, in the UK. When was mm. that? Uh, I did my first stint in 2007. 
And then 2009 and 2010, mm. we did, uh, um, my wife and I were there for a bit. Okay. I think it was like 10 months or 11 months or something like that for the longest stint. And then I, and then I took, I did like every three months I went back for like a month or so for a while. So just finishing off clients and everything. And what made you go there in the first place to the UK? The Is shop, my, yeah, my, my shop in Melville, I got a little bit um, screwed over by the, the, the people I was working for. Yeah. And the, you know, all of a sudden, you know, funny as the sheriff of the court rocked up and yanked everything out and you know just because it had uh, sort of I just took it over you know and it was one of those you know you pay me around it's your shop type thing but uh, they kind of left all the debt that they left behind they just ducked oh no and yeah like stock that wasn't even theirs was on consignment got all taken and oh. I just sort that whole mess out and then oh, shit. and then I said I said fuck it let me like Let's just go for a stint to the UK, have a, get, a, get some more experience. Yeah. And I, I think that's where I grew the most as an artist. Um, got to work with a lot of uh, sort of a lot more advanced uh, sort of uh, um, colleagues. And they, you know, if you work with people that are better than you, it kind of pushes you to yeah, strive a Absolutely. little bit more. You know. Absolutely. You don't want to sort of, and especially in this industry, if you if you become stale you fall behind very quickly you can talk about popular styles at a particular period of time or I mean are there like techniques do the techniques change or like you're saying that they do uh, I mean a, lo a lot of people sort of evolve I think you know like styles uh, people push the push the limits of certain styles I mean nowadays hyperrealism is quite a popular thing you know okay. sort of big black and gray work you know, like shading and that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Like, perspective. In, like my style is still very sort of niche in this country. Okay. You know, it's. it's what, uh, and how do you classify your your style? So, sketched line-based kind of stuff. Yeah. I do a lot of ge ge sort of geometric yeah, stuff. Geometric stuff yeah. You know, I try to I try to sort of bring a whole bunch of styles into into one really. Um, whereas, you know, like. Like most of the guys here who do realism are really, really busy because that's what people are looking oh, for. Popular, at the yeah. yeah. So I'm not necessarily as busy as them, but you know, it's how it works. You know, yeah. I'm just I'm gonna yeah. just try and stay patient and you know, I'll wait for it. Hopefully, hopefully, people, more yeah. people come around and sort of see it as, you know, like like funny enough, like your traditional Americana, you know, your yeah. old school stuff. Yeah. That came full circle, you, you, like good, like five, six years ago. All of a sudden, like it was probably one of the most popular styles, and it's still sort of one of the most popular styles to, to get done because it's got that nostalgia to it, you know. So we are, we were talking about tribal tattoos the other day, mm. and you were saying that like um, yeah, I do more of the sort of like that, not that horrible '90s sort of spiky spiky tribal you know that like the outer edges of Johannesburg would get you know <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic closer, no, but I mean like if someone get, comes to you 
it's like, yeah, this is the tattoo that I want, and it's one of those. I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna turn them away. But not necessarily, but I want to yeah. make sure that they really want it, and they, you know, they want it for the right reason. You know, if they've seen some, like this is one horrible image that so many people sort of bring to the table that all, every single artist in the world has seen. You know, and, it's, and done, and it's and it's actually <laughs> it's actually like a photoshopped image of a, you know, a guy's torso with horrible tribal all over it. Uh, and people, are, oh, I really want to get that. I'm like, why? It's like. You know, you get that. Who, who was it? Um, on from Dawn Till Dusk. Yeah. You know, you, or the Tarantino movie. Yeah, yeah, and he's got that tri that tribal all the way. And I had one guy come in recently, and he wanted. Oh, he wants the, the spikes to stick out of his neck. You know, and I'm like, you know, some sometimes it's it's worth sort of fighting fighting. Not really fighting the client, but trying to steer the, the client in a better direction, you know, because you want you also want the client to like it in five to ten years' time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem with the tattoo. I mean, it's permanent. Mm. So, like you say, as you know, certain tattoos you want or long... certain styles become fashionable. Yeah, you want like, that. You, you, you want that longevity. Yeah, you, you want know? that longevity. Yeah. So, like you now with my kids, you know, they'll say, "Oh no, Dad, they want to get tattoos and everything." Like my advice to them is, well. Get a tattoo that's got some meaning to it. So it's irrespective yeah, of what especially style when you're first sort of getting into it. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, yeah. you know, your, especially your first tattoo. Always, you know, you want something relatively sentimental. You know, and then so I can't tell you what my first tattoo was. You can't <laughs> or you won't. Then it's probably it's probably blue or green by now. Back in the day, we didn't have, couldn't really import stuff, so it was like you you had what you had. You know. So, I mean, the fact that some tattoos go like that, go green and spread, I mean, what's the, is well, that, I mean, is that like, what happens or? Back in the day, like the inks weren't as, quali uh, as high quality as they are now. So, okay. you know, like, so you end up with sort of tattoos. I mean, like my arm is like almost 15 years old. Yeah. You know, and you know, you just, you see the difference between darkness of it, you know, the yeah. ink just, it, it it breaks down over over time, mm. you know. Whereas the newer inks and everything, just they have a, more, a better staying power. Well, that's good to know. But you you know your worst enemy is always just, always the sun. Well, yeah. So I've you know I've asked a couple of guys about that. Some guys say yes, you know you must look after your tattoos in the sun and whatever, and others say no. So well, I mean it's, this, it, it depends. I guess it's a personal preference, really. Yeah. You know. I mean, some people like uh, like the way tattoos age uh, along with you. Other other people want to keep uh, keep it a, as fresh as possible. So the sun does. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it. yeah. It, it does. It does break down the the pigment. Yeah. You know. I mean, and your skin exfoliates and stuff like that. That's why it's sort of like your hands and your feet and everything. You do. You almost have it like where it's rubbed out almost. Yeah, it's yeah, just because yeah. your skin exfoliates yeah. so much quicker in those areas. So I suppose if you if you choose the right tattoo for those areas, and like you say, as it ages with you, it, I suppose it would look pretty cool. I suppose. Yeah. It looks looks natural. Yeah. Like on the fingers. Like I love like, especially in the UK when I was working there, I was like, all these old copies were coming in and like. And they had these tattoos were like 40, 50 years, years old. old yeah. And I loved those because there's so much history it's behind, behind it, it, you know. Yeah. And I loved hearing the stories of how, when they got them in like CD shops back in the day and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and you think about how things are today. Yeah, yeah like, like nine times yeah. nine times out of ten shops run better than hospitals, you know, from a cleanliness point of view, you know. And a lot of them are managed 
you know, better than you know, most corporate businesses. Yeah. Like I had a wonderful email yesterday because I didn't, guy didn't pitch twice for his tattoo. Yeah. And I said, okay, cool, you lose your deposit. He yeah. lost his fucking marbles. Oh, really? But at the same stage, you know, you wouldn't not just pitch up for your lawyer's appointment or your dentist no, your appointment. Lawyers, your lawyer's still going to charge you. At least you would, you know, at least you would make a phone call. Yeah. So and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't even. didn't even. Phone. And then he says, oh, I know this is a. This is a bucket list for me, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, if it's that important to you, yeah. you know, you would have treated, treated me with a little bit more respect. Respect, yeah. You know? yeah exactly. Yeah. You know? I mean, do you find that in this kind of profession? Is that I mean, funny enough? I find sometimes clients expect you to take them seriously, you know, but you don't necessarily have that reciprocated. Coded, yeah. You know, you have people. So like, oh no, it's, no, it's just a tattoo shop. Yeah. yeah. Have you found how the industry has changed over the last, say, from the mid-2000s? Because, I mean, tattoos were, for a long time, taboo. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, they're definitely much more accepted. Yeah. We're, we're a little behind in this country, you know? I mean, like, like I was just reading an article about this young doctor in, in um, Australia, who she's covered in tattoos, and it you know she gets a lot of good response from it when she sees her patients. You know, it's almost like a it's almost like a, a bit of a icebreaker. Yeah. You know, kind of, and it also reminds people that doctors are real people as well, and you can you know you don't you don't necessarily have to you know intimidated by that you know it kind yeah. of reminds them that they go home and they just normal, normal people normal people yeah you know? and i think the same thing goes sort of with tattoo artists you know yeah. like how many times you know, in the be beginning people saw you in the shopping center and like oh my god you do grocery shopping as well <laughs> you know like well what do you yeah. expect us you know? like yeah. You eat bread, yeah. you know. I suppose it's like my girls seeing their teachers from school in the supermarket. They're like, oh, you know. Yeah. They also don't yeah, it's think like, that they're also like normal they, people. Yeah, yeah, they don't camp out at school and wait for you <laughs> to come in the next morning. You know? Yeah. Do you find that the like the, the like business has grown, or the industry's grown because it's become more acceptable? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like. You know, also with the explosion of these reality shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because you have, you know, you have people who see these shows and see a guy, a guy get an entire sleeve done in one episode, and they kind of expect that kind of, you know, kind of sort of time frame for you, and you're like, no, I mean, like, yes. The, Yes, my yesterday's client. We've been busy for ten months on his sleeve. Oh, really? You know, yeah. and you know, and he's and he's 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 ended up paying like forty odd k for that so. for that tattoo. If he if if he comes in for four hours once a month, mm. you know, I mean, that's five five thousand rand every single every month yeah. times that by ten months. That's fifty yeah. k already. You know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, that's really expensive. But at the same stage, it's not like you're forking out all that money in one go. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you, but you know, people spend, you know, the uh, installments on a car—five, six, seven, eight thousand rand on a car yeah, every month—and then they sell months. it, and they don't ever actually own the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where's you the tattoo? Yeah, where's the tattoo? It's it will be yours. 
yeah, and uh, I suppose if you, you know, you know, had this conversation with someone else about the, you know, the price of a tattoo, how people try and try and get discounts and the, you know, yeah. get the cheapest tattoo, but why do you want to pay the cheapest? Find the cheapest tattoo artist to do the tattoo yeah. that's going to be there for pay cheap, forever. Yeah, pay cheap, you get cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would almost expect that people would want to be paying. Finding the you know the best quality. Yeah, and, and also I mean you you also get that grief where people say, oh, you guys have booked way too far in advance. You know you got to yeah. wait forever. I'm like sure, but that's also a good sign. Yeah. You know? And the same with going back to that sort of double-edged sword uh, sort of metaphor with those shows. It's the other side of it is it's it's made tattooing popular. It's also educated people in how the industry works and yeah. you know also you know how people should conduct themselves, you know, and how artists should conduct themselves. So too, yeah. You know, you see, you know, professionalism on shows like that. And, you know, it's, it's good, to, it shows you your, your expectations, you know, like also, you know, your value for money, you know, and your experience. For, yeah. me, for me, like, if you haven't had a good, a good freaking time, while getting your tattoo, then you know, you know you don't necessarily go back to that person. Even whether or not the art is amazing, you know, if you haven't, if you had a pretty daft experience around it, it kind of you know it's a bit of a bit of taste in your mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like I like you know if we don't have a good laugh, you know, and make it enjoyable. And that's also like you, f you find people go b back to somebody who's probably not as good as most, but because he, you know that uh, that guy is sort of he has really good bedside uh, bedside manner. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like people go back to them, you know, irrelevant of how good yeah, the work good could the be. Yeah, you know, yeah. and. You know, also, I mean, I work pretty quickly, so, you know, value for money, I think, you know, you get, you get quite a bit. Yes. But it's also, you know, the style. So, I mean, like, for instance, you know, like, like Nick does black and grey, you know, what the amount of coverage that I necessarily get on a tattoo will be much more because yeah. of the style difference. Yes, yes. You know, where he'll do a black and grey portrait, sort of hand size, yeah. and that can take six, seven hours. Yes. Sometimes more. Where I do something like that, it'll take me like two, three hours, yes. because it's purely like a sketch, sketch line work yeah. piece, you know. But, yeah. you know, you, 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 you can't sort of put them on the same scale and judge them equally you know, from purely from a time thing. Yeah, yeah sure, you know. sure, absolutely, yeah. So then just going back to you, we were talking about the time it takes to do a particular tattoo and everything. I mean, what's the sort of like cutoff for you as a, a tattoo artist? Because we were talking the other day about the fact that you, you know, you crouch yeah, over I mean it, the posture while you're doing a tattoo. But the nice thing is we sort of, we, we'll take like every hour or so, we'll take a break, break you know, yeah. and, you know, so like, yeah. you can sort of like stretch and, you know, like this, especially Take also for the client, break. you know. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, like a lot of us do so like five, six hours, you know, and okay. that's quite good for the, you know, for the client and that kind of. Yeah. I mean, you find certain clients can 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 go yeah, longer of course. than others. You know, I mean, it's just 
Yeah, unfortunately, some clients have lower or higher pain thresholds. thresholds yeah. So I mean, I've had it where some you like you get a bit frustrated because you know they just they're not sitting very well, mm -hmm. and then they, the tattoo ends up taking taking a lot longer. longer. Yeah. Either because there's more breaks or there's you know they're not you know they don't sit as still as you want them to, you know, or and then. I've had the opposite spectrum where, like, I'm like, dude, I need to take breathers, you know, because this guy's sitting like, sitting like a freaking log, yes. you know, and you're like, okay, cool, I'm, you know. and they say, oh, no, I can go for eight hours. I'm like, I can't fucking go for eight <laughs> hours. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, this buddy of mine's getting a whole piece done here. I mean, he's also on, like, 20, 25, maybe 30 hours so far. And he phoned me yesterday, he's like, dude, so you... Excited, you're apprehensive, and I was like, oh, no. I enjoy, I enjoy the actual getting the tattoo. Yeah. yeah. And some people do, some people don't, some people do more than most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I say that now. So, like, where's the most sensitive parts of the body together? I think it depends, sort of, like, person On to people, person, yeah. really. A couple of us said our feet, like, my feet were the worst ever. Okay. Other people find ribs, neck. Yeah. You know, inside arm. Yeah, because like yeah. over here was quite sensitive. Mm. Like when I got up, I was like a little bit, felt a little bit dizzy. Yeah. Afterwards, yeah. Like it all really depends on person yeah. and their pain threshold. So someone was mentioning to me that like back in the day, like to get, you know, if someone had a tattoo, when it was like seriously a taboo, someone would have a tattoo, that would be, you weren't worried too much about the quality. Like now, it's got to the point where there are lots of people that are going to Well, exactly. I mean, back... Our quality has now become the... Yeah, because well, back in the, the day, I mean, we, I mean, even even when I started, I pretty much had to do everything because there weren't that many people doing it. And, you know, so I had to do everything from realism to traditional to tribal. You know, I, I could... There wasn't enough of us to go to get all the clients like, you know, and, yeah, and to, uh, to sort of yeah to focus on a ni sort of like a niche style yeah now it's it's become a lot easier where people sort you, uh, seek you out for that and it's cool though because i mean that kind of, now nowadays you know you don't necessarily have that practice behind you you know i've yeah. you know i've Quite for the different styles yes yeah. yeah and i mean like every now and again i'll do some script and everything and it kind of humbles you you know like yeah. i hate doing script i hate oh, it do. with a passion but there's you know it, it kind of it kind of grounds you again and says remember you know you're not <laughs> takes the be you back. yeah you're not the be in you be end and end all of the whole you know of just that one style yeah. you know like you know, you do like you do like solid black work and everything, which I don't necessarily do as often as I used to. But it teaches you. You go back and all right, you know, this is you know, you got to get that technique right again. Yeah. And so it's you like know, the garage days of exactly. Yeah, you know, and I mean like the and sort of like the needle quality back then as well. Yeah. So we had to make our own needles. Okay. So we had to sort of like sort of like we we had our little own little jigs and we had to sold all the needles together and the fingertips were always burnt because you're fucking working with solder the whole time and sinuses were buggered because you're freaking sniffing in the solder fumes you know and that kind of thing and I remember having to make my own inks and that kind of thing because you just couldn't you know you you, you couldn't get a hold of it now. I mean, you can buy 75, 80 odd colors, import yeah. them all, you, you buy cartridge needles, you only need one machine, whereas back then you needed a machine for every single, single needle, needle setup. 
So, so it's, def it's definitely become a lot easier where we can concentrate on the artwork as opposed to so everything around it. You know? And also, I mean, like, I had my own shop and I get people ask, oh, why don't you have your own shop anymore? I'm like, because I want to concentrate on the work. Yeah. And, and have to worry about the admin yeah, and, and running I mean, a business. Exactly. And, and yeah. I mean, I have the bookings get done for me. Yes. And, you know, like yeah. a lot of the email correspondence, you know, gets forwarded to me. So I only sort of like chat to the client about the design. I don't chat to them about when it's booked, yeah. that kind of thing. Logistics you know. and all that. Exactly. Kind of yeah. So that makes life a little bit easier yeah. these days. As a tattoo artist, how, how does it work? Do you have your own equipment? Or? Yeah, it depends on the, it depends on the shop you're in, okay. you know, and sort of the agreement. There's, a, I mean, there's a, a sort of a global sort of um, rules, uh, sort of like standard, or yeah, standard, yeah. where you know, it's a 50-50 split, um, and you know, either the, sh the shop will sort of like the, the shop here supplies the inks and all the sundries mm. and that kind of thing and they do the bookings and everything for you, and we supply our needles and sort of hardware. Okay. You yeah. know? And then uh, basically our responsibility is sort of design work and sort of like sort of, um, sort of the end part of the client's sort of communication and experience. And then, yeah, everything else is sort of... <laughs> uh, get, like these days we get like anything from 50 to 100 emails a day coming in you know and people want responses now you know and you don't quite sort of get, get, get it you know yeah. but you say which is a good stuff that you've got lots of clients yeah. knocking at the door yeah like like I said I'm, I'm not I'm probably not as busy as most but you know which is a good and bad thing you know because being booked up like for a year in advance is a bit of a it doesn't it doesn't sort of bode well for like clients wanting to book and they're like oh they want to get it done in the next couple of weeks and it's yeah, like you've got to you've got to, you've got to wait till yeah. April next year or some bollocks you know? yeah fair enough yeah all right so so you'll be lying on your rack cool. And then I see sometimes, like with your designs, yeah. like sometimes you'll post on on Instagram or whatever, and there's a particular design available, and you know, like you'll say, people want the Bloomer's book and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, are those designs that you, I mean, do you just like come up with an idea or see something and yeah, put it together? Sometimes, it uh, yeah, sometimes, like, you know, I'm browsing for reference. And I think, oh, you know, that could be a pretty cool idea, and I'll sketch yeah. it together. I have like a bit of a brain fart. Yeah. And other times, you know, clients uh, sort of. You know, I don't necessarily always uh, always get it right first time with a client's design. So, and they, and I kind of push it as well. I sort of like they give me an idea, and I kind of do above and beyond. Sometimes a bit too far, and they say, no, no that's a little bit adventurous for me. Yes. You know, can we sort of tone it down? <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, I'll probably scrap that design and do something completely different. different. Yeah. But then you've got that design that's available. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I'll just put, I'll put it out there and sometimes people buy it and some people don't. Like I've got tons of designs that 
never get to skin. Yeah. But like one day, you know, you never know. Then, you know, yeah. somebody sees it on my Instagram or on my website or something like that, and yeah, they'll say. And then oh, I yeah. mean, is it like a once-off? Like, you won't do the design on no, anyone else. No. No. I mean, if anything, if you know, there's a variation or something yeah. like that, then yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. But like, unfortunately, like these days, an idea is not, you know, yeah, there's there's no there's no original idea anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I mean, if you Google BMW R87 tattoo, yeah, you probably find there's you one probably out there. find somebody's done something similar similar to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> there's probably a few of them. Mm. Um, but like I battle, you know, like. Okay, I want to. Okay, I want to get a tattoo. Um, I, you know, I just can't can't get an idea of a design. Then I flip and hit Pinterest, and I see yeah. like twenty designs that I like. Yeah. And then. See, I use I, I like use, I like using sort of like Pinterest and stuff like that, and sort of even like Google, Google search or something like that. Yeah. Just for for like references. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. like like to see where I want to go and that kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a lot of the stuff, uh, sort of references I'd like to use is sort of like, sort of like, um, sort of photographs or mm. sort of non-tattoo artist sort of renderings, like Rendering, yeah. sort of artistic renderings yes. and stuff like that. That's not even close to a, ta a tattoo idea whatsoever. Mm. You know, like, uh, like I really, I really like sort of like artists. Um, sort of pencil sketches and everything of yeah, real, sort exactly. of realistic so ideas, are, yeah. you know? And I'll use that because I can see, I can, I can see the definitions better as opposed to in like a, a photograph or something sure, like that. Sure, yeah. um, so I mean like if someone was wanting but to But you'd, you'd, never, you'd never know that I used that kind that of reference. Is, yes, yeah. So like I mean for someone that wants to get a tattoo, never get a tattoo, before and they're like they don't even know where to start in terms of coming up with a design that's yeah. for them. I mean, you guys are, are pretty. Yeah, good I at mean, it. like the, I think the worst for us is if somebody sort of rocks up and they say to you, um, "We need, we want to get a design done, but we have no idea what we want." Yeah. Like we need some kind of inkling, mm. you know, like because I've got tons of ideas, but do they speak to you? <laughs> yeah, you know? well, that's it. I mean, that's the thing about a tattoo. You've got to find something that speaks to you. Yeah. Because yeah. I can remember when I went to get my first tattoo. It's like you walk in there, like you feel very intimidated by, you know, first of all, you walk into the shop and there are all these tattooed, pierced people in an era where it was, you know, yeah. it, was still, it was still on the, on the outskirts or that, you know. And I'll be honest, <laughs> I kind of miss, partly miss those days. Like I miss, I miss it when tattoo shops had balls. Yeah. You know, there was that little bit of intimidation factor. Yeah, sure. You know, you, you need that little bit of fear, sort of like, because it's a permanent thing, you know, and you want that kind of like badassery about it. That's why I got into it. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, like, I you're almost like, like okay, a, well, what can I do now that's yeah. different to what everyone else like is Like, I try to stay as humble as I possibly could, you know, and not have ego in the picture. But it, you know, I'm a guy. Freaking ego pops up wherever, you know. And I did. I felt when I started my apprenticeship, I kind of felt like I was a bit of a badass. Badass, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, and like people, you told somebody, "Are oh, you a tattoo artist?" And you know, people are like, "Oh wow," you yeah. know. Nowadays, yeah. Like, my favorite is when somebody always says, "Oh, so you're a tattoo artist?" And you're like, waiting for the next question. It's yeah. like, 
you know, and they said, sort of like, what's, you know, I really have this idea. And it's like Saturday night in a freaking club, you know, oh, no. you can barely hear the guy talking, you know, anyone, yeah. or, yeah, like, a discussion about or, design yeah, or, or like at a, at like a friend's dinner, dinner at their house or something like that. Yeah. And the last thing you want to talk about is exactly. fucking work. <laughs> you know, so I always say, I oh, know I'm a plumber. Nobody wants to talk, talk pipes. about shit. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about that crap. <laughs> Funny that I have a burst pipe, you know, or a clogged yeah. toilet, you know. Yeah. Not that I spend any nights in the club anymore these days. Yeah, jeez, dude. Like I have. Life moves on, man. Yeah, but also, like, this is such a social kids. environment. Yeah. By the time I get home, you just want I, to I don't want to go out. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I just want to go home, smoke a blunt. Mm. Chill, draw a bit, spend yeah. time with my daughter. Yeah, exactly. You know. Absolutely. All right, buddy. We it's are count we are counting down to the when the pain arrives. That's fine. I might go quiet for a little bit. Then. That's all right. Yeah. Center myself. I'll I'll just pretend it's my podcast. I mean, I know it's, you know, it's obvious now when I think back about it afterwards, but, um, but I noticed all the equipment is wrapped in plastic and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah but this, I mean, I never thought of that. Yeah, but it's not necessarily, you know, like the reason I wear gloves is not to protect you, it's to protect me. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. whereas like the wrapping of the machine and everything, you know, I don't want to, like, like especially like wrapping my cable and stuff like that, you know, it gets it, it does touch your arm and it will, you know, and yeah. it's just easier to sort of take a plastic off and just than to it, yeah. yeah than to sort of clean surfaces constantly. Yeah, you know. No, I mean that's also the thing is like people forget. You know, it's not only about their safety and their health; it's also the safety and the health of the of the tattoo. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, every six months we have to you have you have to go, go for, for shots and yeah, okay. you. you you check your status for hepatitis, yeah. for HIV, for yeah. you know, anything really. Yeah. Yeah. Ow, 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 ow. Does it hurt you more than it hurt me? Yeah. Alright, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> you can go home now. Yeah. You've got a random line in your wrist, that's it. So would this be your favorite style, the whole sketch thing? At, yes, at, uh, at, the like at the moment. Yeah. Like, I, I, I started, I started sort of like developing my style, taking bits and pieces from, because you, you, you do, like in, mm. in any industry, especially a creative industry, you have people you look up to, you, have, yeah. you know, you have industry, sort of like industry stalwarts that you mm. take things from, and yeah, especially, yeah, especially in the sort of art industry, you know, that's how music, that's how you know, poetry, all of that, well, that's that stuff, yeah. you know, the written word, that kind of thing. It's all you know, you're all taking initiative from other people's works. Yeah. You know, and you and the best you can do is make it your own. You exactly, know, yeah. very little original compositions yeah, these days. You know, like you hear a riff and you're like, I I've heard, I've, I've, I've heard, heard that before. before you know. Like at the moment, I'm loving like Greta Van Fleet. 
but it's like it's 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 yeah. pretty much Led Zeppelin. Yeah, you know? but I mean, there are a couple of guys. I mean, even uh, uh, Wolf Mother as well. Yeah, Wolf I mean, Mother's like, like for me, Wolf Mother is like is like um, Uriah Heep. Yeah, sort of carbon yeah. copy. But I know? love it. Eh? Yeah, I love his voice. Eh? You know, like like with Greta Van Fleet, I find like they. I mean, they're 19, 20 year old kids, three mm. brothers and a best mate, and his vocal range is insane. Yeah, amazing. You know? And he makes it look so effortless. Mm. Asshole. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You feel it. Definitely. There's no doubt about Give that. Give me a hand. Yeah, like a random freckle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, she didn't hesitate. No, though. not at all, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to do a line on your dad? No. <laughs> no, there's no hesitation there either. No, no. <laughs> no. It's so funny, I ask that question to a lot of clients. Oh, really? Especially when, the, you know, when they're couples or something yeah. like that. And the wife will always go, yeah. And the husband's like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> there you see where the, where the trust stops. Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. And you're watching the process. Yeah. yeah. Looks like you're going to fall asleep. Well, this is a very boring thing to watch. Yeah. So what do you got in your glove there that you're wiping? Is that Vaseline? Just Vaseline. It just keeps the skin from drying out and okay. it keeps a nice little thin layer between the skin and the ink. So when I wipe, yeah. it, it just wipes away the ink and not necessarily my stencil. Yeah. So it just keeps the surface area nice and clean, you know. So are those special stencils that you got? Well, they're well not really. I mean, it's carbon paper. It's a carbon paper. Yeah. Just I mean, they... I mean, they specifically sort of these days made for tattooing, but it's not necessarily, you know, it's just one of those tried and tested, yeah. not broke, don't fix it type of scenarios. scenarios uh, I mean, you're getting now, like you get like Brother and you know, Brother Printers yes. and Samsung, they make thermal copier printers, Yeah. you know, but it's pretty much the same. You're just yeah. really, you're just taking, you're taking paper out of the equation. Yeah. You know, you know, like having to print and then use another machine. So yes. you just, but they are very expensive, especially in this country. Feeling alright? Yeah, all good. So, like, have you over the years developed like a, a way of detecting how well your client is doing while they in the chair? Well, I mean, I, I, I necessarily, I can already feel where it's going to go by not necessarily the consult, but yeah. you know, the sort of mannerisms and height of anxiety in the beginning, you know? <laughs> Especially sort of, you know, the newbies. So they, you find that people are, like the first time around, they're like super apprehensive? Well, they just, yeah, like, I, I mean, they're nervous because it's, it's you know, it's... Unknown. Well, first yeah. of all, if it's the first time, it's unknown. Completely yeah. unknown. You've got no, you've got no ways of detecting or having, having any idea of what it's going to be like. Yeah. And, and the worst thing is they listen to all their friends. Well, I was just going to say, and, uh, you know, their friends might have a different experience, they get different pain thresholds. My, my advice is always, when you get a tattoo, the last people you should be listening to is your friend. Do you like find that people like, you know, like tense up when they're lying down like this, or is there like, um, or not really? I mean, no. some people like if it's a conversation, they're quite relaxed and yeah. that kind of thing. But also like 
pain threshold. Yeah, it's, it's like, And funny enough, like, like clients say, oh, do you know, how, is there a way I need to prep or something like that? You know, and I said, yeah, just have a good night's sleep. Yeah. And um, and have a, you know, have a good breakfast or lunch, whatever, you know, what, depending on the time, time of day you're getting, you've booked. Because, I mean, like a good night's sleep and a full belly helps a lot when it comes to how you handle the test. And the whole uh, and the whole thing of not drinking or drinking the night before. Or well, I mean, uh, alcohol. For for my kind of style, it's n not as sort of heavily important because it's purely line work. But if you're doing like big shaded, sort of like saturated color, then it's important because you'll end up bleeding more, and it tends yeah. to push the you know the, the blood thins out, it, you know, and you you end up bleeding more, and it just Sort of, sort of like dilutes the ink, uh, the ink a little okay. bit as you're tattooing, and it pushes so it the ink out. So it can the quality of the tattoo. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 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 sort of the color, like sort of the color strength of it, if you will. Okay. You know, if to put it in like the most layman's terms. But I mean, when you see other people walking around with tattoos, I mean, can you, can you gauge, you know, like the quality of a tattoo or how it's done, not the quality of the design, but I mean, the quality of the work that's been done. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can definitely. Like differentiate between a good and a bad tattoo artist. Yeah, from a technical aspect, I okay. guess. You know, these days, I mean, art is abstract. You yeah, know, it's it's how you interpret it. But the nice thing is, like, tattoos are now becoming sort of artworks on their own. So, like, saying to saying, oh, that's a shit tattoo because of the topic. No, is, no, no. You know, is oh, is irrelevant. You know, in terms of the quality. Of the yeah, work. if it's a you know, if it's a good, good, clean tattoo, you know, everything else is, is just personal taste. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, you were talking the other day about, you know, like if you're doing a tattoo and, you know, that's your tattoo on that person, you, you know, there are like certain things that you would, would or wouldn't do. Definitely. I mean, there's, I mean, certain styles that I don't attempt because I feel that mm. I'm, don't not uh, I'm not necessarily haven't that much, uh, enough experience okay. or you know it, it's not the direction I've gone yeah and there are people that give it, will give that piece a lot more justice than I yeah. would yeah. You know? so like if someone came into you with a design and let's say you just say it just won't work well I mean you know is there some pushback there where you'll say to the client look you know, oh, yeah, I can. I can. You, I don't want it to look like that because. Yeah, I can be. I end up being sometimes quite brutally honest with the client. You know, where I've said, "Sorry, you know, if this is the direction you want to go, yeah, I don't think I'm the right person for you." Yeah. Because like when I got this uh, DNA strain done on my my arm, I got it done at Wildfire down in Cape Town. Yeah, the mall one or the street one. No, the one in the mall. There was a guy by the name of Marcus there that did mm. the tattoo, and um, I found this this thing, and I wanted it to look rough, and um, so it's like almost like I don't I don't even know how to describe it, but it didn't have clean lines. Yeah, it was like very like. And he said to me, "I'm like sorry." Like deconstructed I can't. almost. He says, "No, I can't do it." He says, "He says because that's going to be my tattoo as well," and he said, "I can't, I can't do that." Yeah. 
So then he made it all these clean lines. So I mean, I respect that. You know, I didn't even think of it. You know, you know, from that point of view. And you know, the irony is, he taught me how to tattoo. Oh, you shitting me! So you can, now you can understand where I get yeah, that yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of thought process from. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, I mean, I have chatted to some other tattoo artists that say, "Oh no, they don't." You know, that doesn't phase them. That it's their tattoo out there. You, you know what? It's a, it's a, it's also a thing of, you know. He probably said that as well purely, purely because of the size of it. Yeah. If you ended up doing it, or that, that like broken up, deconstructed, mm. sort of, like, you know, sort of like, sort of like a half sleeve, then it yeah. would have worked fine because yeah. then it would have, it would have lasted longer. Yeah. You know, and that that crispness and the clean cut lines, all would have had. You know, it it just would have had that longevity that you needed, yeah. whereas something that small. Maybe not. You know? yeah. yeah. He used to work. He used to be in a. He's got his own shop now. Okay. Um, in Table View, but he used to, he used to be in a shop for in Princess Crossing called Evolution oh, Tattoos. Oh, there, it's like near Hel Well, what's that? Top of Helder Crane. Or yeah. Or a park area. Yeah, and that was his shop. I originally he, he originally started sort of mentoring me when he was in Westgate. A tattoo millennium. So that's where I met him the first time, and that's where he started tattooing. So, uh, where did you grow up? Yeah, in, in pretty much, pretty much Ramburg. Ramburg. Yeah. yeah, I mean, born in Germany, um, but I didn't spend uh, like it was only like the first five, six years of my life that was in Germany. So it's not like I have any sort of like clear memories of living there. And where, where were you born in, in Germany? In Hamburg. Hamburg. Okay. Yeah. But it's it's definitely a different lifestyle. Well, in Germany. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's it's different, uh, uh, different sort of thought process, different, yeah. you know. And I, I I I'm nowhere near that that culture anymore. So like, cool, I've got a German passport, but do I necessarily identify as a German? Probably not as much, Mine. you know. <laughs> so do you speak the lingo? I can, it's like I can have like a basic conversation and I can sort of understand, understand and read it. Yeah. But if you ask me for a detailed political debate or anything remotely corporate, ain't gonna happen. Nah. Yeah. And so, so where did the, the nickname Monkey come from? It's nothing really rock and roll about it whatsoever. Okay. I. Um, my mom, my mom, every time I'm a little shit, used to call me Affe, which is in German, monkey. Monkey, yeah. And it kind of came up, it came up in the UK, and I had this almost like unnatural attachment to this obnoxious um, character from a, a PG Tips tea ad. Okay. And yeah. it's actually this that plush toy monkey there. Oh yeah. And he, he's this, I don't know if you know, um, Johnny Vegas, the comedian. Yes. And him and this monkey had like morning debates okay. on this advert. Oh, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and he's a, very much a northerner, so he goes, monkey. Yeah, monkey. You know? Yeah. And it's like, I, I would constantly, I used to just love the ad and his, his brutish sense of humor. I mean, it's just a fucking plush toy. <laughs> yeah, it's this puppet, but this puppet would end up going skydiving, uh, you know, stupid <laughs> shit, and base jumping, yeah. and 
you know, some really ridiculous things. And I just, I, I just really, really loved it. And then somebody, somebody a client bought me, bought me that plush toy after the conversation. And it, it just stuck in the it's UK. Like and then I kind of just brought it back here and kind of reinvented myself a little bit, yeah. you know. Okay. And that was 10 years ago. Mm. And yeah, but it's kind of stuck throughout my sort of private life, social life as well, you know. Yeah. Like everybody knows me that. Yeah. Which is but kind I mean, of cool. Do you, find, do you find that like in this kind of industry, it's, it's, um, it's good to have, you know, something like that, like a... Like almost like a nickname. Yeah, like almost like an alter ego, if you like will. Like an alter ego. Yeah. 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 I mean, like a, I think it's a brand, because it's your brand. Yeah, yeah. It becomes a brand, right? I think it 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 makes you also not take yourself so seriously. Yeah. True, you know. True, yeah. Where did the bearded fen come from? Well, so the surname is Marsh. Yeah. And fen is another name for Marsh. Oh, uh, okay. I always used fen as a what is a nickname really? No one's ever really. Oh, one or two people, or one or two of my friends, will call me Fen. Yeah. But um, see, I didn't. I wouldn't have even connected those dots. Yeah, I know. Most people don't. Most people don't. So my like my my email, my sort of username that I used everywhere has been Drew Fen. Yeah. So Drew being short for Andrew and Fen yeah. being another thing for Marsh. So. And then the bearded Fen was just. Uh, because just, you have a beard. beard. Yeah. <laughs> I just needed something, you know, like when I was, yeah, I don't know, just, when I was thinking about the podcast, I was just like, okay, well, what, you know, same thing, you know, what sort of brand could I, you know, I want to build a brand. Yeah. Yeah, so for me it was, yeah, unfortunately, sort of the nickname thing didn't, It's. it was like a, just a natural progression. I didn't necessarily jump on it. It just sort of worked, you know. No, it's probably the best way. I mean, when you're trying to overthink something like that, then it's yeah. Yeah, then you know, like you never, you never find the right one. But the one that just happens naturally is the one that, and it sticks, you know. Yeah. So I mean, shame you sold your your, your motorcycle recently. Yeah, a little while ago. In, yeah. It still hurts. Is that in Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm not trying to rub it. Um, yeah, just uh, just to s sort of uh, sort of save money a bit for the Australia trip. Yeah, you know? that's uh, that's fair enough. But I'm sure when you get to Australia, you will look into yeah yourself another. Yeah, like I've got this, this sort of thing in my head where I want to get a second it's like you know like a early '80s like CB650 or yeah, something yeah, like that. Absolutely. Or, yeah. You know, and just. Sort of tinker around yeah, and build absolutely. it up, and because I won't be able to afford anything new for a while. Yeah. So. But dude, it's a waste of money to buy anything new. Eh? Yeah, I say that now, but I'm busy fixing my fucking Ford Figo. Yeah. Stupid <laughs> thing. But that's a different story. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So what did you? You had a scrambler. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, 2015 model. So what did you do with your tank there? Because I mean, you had like, I wouldn't call right. it a paint job, but what was it? It was like almost like... I had, like every year I changed the fucking tank. Uh, is it? Yeah, it was like, there was like the joke going around is that okay. I was never satisfied I with the look for a long, 
like I bought it and then I changed it to like a red with almost like a burnt black fade out from the engine. Okay. And then that ca that came off and I did like a whole rust effect. And then that came off and then I and then I did like a wrap on it. And that, okay. And then I uh, that's when I bailed at um, at Sabi. Oh. So that came off yeah. on the tarmac. And, and then I just, I said screw it and I decided I'm going to do something myself and I just literally took a sanding disc on an angle grinder ah. and, and gave it that rad sort of like old school yeah, sort, of like, yeah, yeah. sort of like rat bike look yeah. and then got it clear coated. Yeah, it looks, it looks cool I must yeah. say. Yeah. So what happened at Sobi? We were just messing around and racing down to Chapman's, uh, to, oh, not Chapman's Peak, um, <laughs> Pilgrim's Rest. Uh, and one of the guys overshot the corner and he was uh, two bikes in front of me and he kind of lost control. His bike went down a seven meter cliff face. He stayed up. The second guy, his bike stayed up. He went down up. with the first bike fell down into the bushes and I obviously just hit just the brakes and I ran out of tar road as soon as I hit the dirt my yeah. front wheel just disappeared from right, underneath yeah. me yeah. if I if there was enough dirt uh, tar road I would have been fine been fine yeah and you you were out and the bike was around oh the bike was fucked I landed up in the hospital oh, no. I had a um, I ripped the patella off my knees. Oh. Like, well, should I say I ripped the, I ripped, I ripped the tendon off my patella, uh, and they had to re-anchor that, and oh, it shit. shifted my patella right to the side, and, and the irony is that, as soon as it happened, a guy drove past in, a, in like a Land Cruiser Fortuna or something like yeah. that. He says, "Does anybody need assistance? I'm a paramedic." And I lo looked at my knee and I stuck, like, I just had a hole in my jeans, and I stuck uh. my finger in it, like. It literally went halfway into my kneecap. Oh no! And I said, "Ah, oh, me." <laughs> and then, yeah. Oh shit! That was luckily it was like the last day of the bubble run, so uh, I, I spent the day at the pool okay. after after getting it sort of like basic stitched up. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, we towed my bike, trailed my bike back, back up. Um, and but shit, you must have been in pain, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was good fun. And then, yeah, I was, I landed, ended up at um, Oladeva Clinic and I had to do a full debridement and re-anchor my tendon back on the patella. <laughs> and I was in, cr I was, uh, yeah, in crutches for like six weeks. <laughs> Yo. And yeah. But I was literally like a week later, I was on a bike. <laughs> Such a moron. Yeah. <laughs> So your equipment is a lot um, quieter than like, some of the other equipment that I've heard. No, definitely. So it's a, just it's a rotary machine. So okay. it's basically like a remote control car motor. Or something oh right. Like that. Ironically, it was it was invented in well, it's the idea derives from prison tattoo machines. <laughs> where they used like tape recorder motors. Oh stuff really? Like that. Jeez, that's hectic. Huh? So if you ever went to prison, you would be okay. I'm hoping so. 
But then again, I probably won't have a niche clientele. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to do all the crap I used to do. You know? No, sorry, I don't do lions. <laughs> it's quite weird because when you when you're working there, I can actually feel it in my fingers. Yeah, it's the, the, the nerve it's like, referral. Like a nerve, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Get a nice buzz down the bottom there. So when you first started doing tattooing, I mean, is it quite a Got a thing to get the technique right. I mean, it's like um, if you like drawing with a big fat pencil. Yeah, pretty much. And funny enough, as I'm getting older and longer in the industry, my grip gets fatter and fatter and fatter because it's just more comfortable in the oh, hand. Okay. You yeah. Because it does, uh, it does look rather awkward. But yeah, I, I find even now, like if I'm drawing with a pencil or like my, my iPad, yeah, I have my Apple pencil. I put a fat grip on it because oh, I'm so used to it's it. To it, okay. Uh, That's interesting. So like when you first start tattooing, I mean like your first tattoo that you do, mm. I've heard stories that like they always recommend that you must tattoo yourself. Oh yeah, it's like my thighs are covered in my own work. <laughs> okay. It's just cool. it's something you've got, you've got to learn. You've got to learn, you know, depth and, and pain response yeah. and all of yeah. that, you know. I mean, were you like nervous doing your first tattoo? This is like nerve-wracking. Um, when you're tattooing someone else? Yeah, my first sort of, person. on other somebody else was like a really good friend, so it was like, yeah, it was okay. alright. My first sort of client was was quite nerve-wracking only because it was sort of like, it was like sprung on me last minute. And I'm talking about first paying clients, you know, yeah. like I've done tons of other tattoos on friends and you know, it's quite interesting to see, you know, car guards tend to jump for the chance to get tattooed. So, you know, they are. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then, like, sort of after care for tattoos, you know, my first tattoo that I got. Yeah. But it's um, the tattoo place that was at the Randberg Waterfront. The oh, yeah, yeah, Kevin's place. Customs. Yeah. I mean, but I'm going back, like, was this, yeah, was this uh, the shop or the flea market store? No, it was the shop. Okay, yeah, shop. Kevin's custom. So they told me, like, aftercare, they said I had to put, they recommended I put Zambuck on the... On yeah, the that was quite an old, old trick. These yeah. days, there's a lot of, like, sort of um, creams on the market, you know, that are made within the industry, which are really good. Yeah. But I mean, like a really good sort of one that, uh, that we find at the moment is the Panthen. Yeah. The nappy rash cream. Yeah. So that's the one that Marcus yeah. recommended when, when I got mine done. You know, and like I remember Savon cream was a thing as well at some stage. Yeah. And then, you know, we just slowly but surely educate us to see which is the best, best one. Best way, yeah. You know? And I mean, like the um, wrapping uh, the tattoo and glad wrap after. After the tattoo, I mean, is that also a new thing? Or? Not necessarily. It's good. Okay. I mean, throughout my um, my tattoo career, I've been using that, okay. and it's just really good because it it sort of stops. It almost tricks the skin into thinking that the tattoo's healed. Yeah. You okay. know. So what is the aftercare? You put the you put the wrap on. You put the wrap on, and then. So normally between four hours and sort of twelve hours, 
or dep that. depending uh, depending on the amount of work that's been done on the tattoo yeah you take it off you give it a really good wash with soap and water normally yeah. something like an antibacterial soap or something like that yeah um and just with your hand uh, make sure the slime and buildup is gone yeah because um, that's what causes scabbing it's yeah. basically your white blood cells trying to trying to uh, fight and heal yeah and if you, you know, if you leave that on, it causes a scab, and then the scab contracts while it's healing and pulls the ink yeah, out. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then just sort of like direct sunlight and sort of long exposure to to water is not recommended. Okay. And yeah, you just you would treat it like you would treat any sort of wound. Yeah. Know? Just look after it, keep it clean. And don't pick the scab up. Yeah, well, hopefully there shouldn't be any scabs if you yeah. wash all of that, that. We call it plasma. Yeah. Which is basically just a buildup of sweat, excess ink that seeps out, and um, white blood cells. Yeah, yeah. And then the, you know, the sort of concept of touch-ups after tattoos, I mean, is that... I mean, I very yeah. rarely have people coming back for touch-ups, touch maybe because... <coughs> you know, they have such a bad experience that they never want to come back and see me, no. But, you know, like I, I, find, I find that sort of my work heals and holds very, very well, so yes. I don't necessarily have to do touch-ups. Touch but I mean, is that a common thing for, I mean, but, I mean, it could be touch-ups like shortly after a tattoo? Um, months, yeah, like, like normally we... we, we I mean, a couple of years down the line, everything is going to fade a bit. Yeah. Um, but I find that, you know, like, normally if there is anything, it's, n it's normally the smaller tattoos yeah. that get that kind of attention, you know. Okay. Because, you know, I hear people say, oh, three years down the line, oh, you know, I've got these birds on my shoulder, you know, I'm going to go get them touched up. And I mean, is there any sort of, like, good or bad, you know, the pros and cons to do that kind of thing? No, not really, hey. I mean, obviously, you know, you can't really oversaturate a line yeah. too much. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're, that certain part of the skin can only hold that much ink. Yeah. You know? And like sort of cover-ups, I mean, you know, I hear often people get old tattoos covered up or... Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like with me, the, the ink is a bit difficult to sort of gauge, you know? Yeah. So, Mankie, when you, when you do the design, like when you came and you took photos at my house, and then what you do, when you load that up onto your iPad and yeah, sketch over it. Yeah, and then I, I just sort of like, yeah, just sort of sketch over it, get the basic idea. Yeah. And then I'll start adding I, so like, sort of like shadow lines and sort of contour lines yeah. and then sort of hatch where there's darker areas, you know, that kind of thing. And what's, uh, what program do you use in the iPad? Uh, Procreate. Procreate. Yeah, so one of the other ladies also using that. Mm. Is that a common thing amongst right. tattoos? Very much so. Yeah, it's also a lot of other. It's it's almost become like a bit of a sharing. You know, like a crowd sharing sort of thing where people create brushes and effects okay. for it. You know, and you know, share things and techniques. Okay. And that kind of thing. So it's become quite interesting, you know. Yeah. Like I've got so many different types of brushes and techniques. Okay. That you know. Yeah. And so that I mean, program, that program, kind of gets updated 
once people request certain things. So okay. when it first came out, it didn't have text. Okay. And now they've put in text. Okay. Know. I mean, has it made the sort of like the tattoo creation process a lot easier uh, and yeah. for you guys? Yeah, like... I mean, is it an exciting development? I, yeah, I love the fact that I don't have to walk around with freaking booklets of tracing paper. Uh, and yeah. yeah. That's it. I mean, has it sped up the, like, the sort of turnaround time? On oh, totally, design? yeah. Like, I mean, I can do a design right there in front of a client. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and if there needs to be changes, I just change it on a layer. Yeah. You know? Okay. Do you know much about that? Sorry, that, I wasn't listening? Uh, that um, sort of Japanese, I think it's Japanese style of doing tattoos is not the same as using the electronic equipment. Do you know? No, no, no. So they use, um, they normally use sort of like, um, Nowadays they use normal needles on a bam, sort of the end of a bam, bamboo rod. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's quite, it's still quite a popular way to get tattooed, you know. Okay. It's, you know, it's almost that nostalgia of it, you know. So like when you're doing a tattoo, do you like get into the zone or? Sometimes, and I sometimes you... like completely forget where I am. Yeah. You know? And I forget that, you know, I need to take a break as well. Yeah. And but I mean, are they, like, we've spoken about different styles and the style that you enjoy doing now. Do you get excited sometimes when someone comes to you with a particular idea or design? Yeah, I tell oh, you. Flip, I I definitely... wanted, you know, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Thing, you know? it's nice also when you know you you you, know, you get a little bit of freedom. You know, they say, oh, you want they have this idea in mind, but you know, you go with it and let's see where it you know, takes where you. you know? Yeah, which is really rad. You know, because then it take, it kind of takes. So it takes a little bit of pressure off you, yeah. And you know, if you enjoy something, you're gonna do, you're gonna do the best version of it. And I mean, like the advent of social media and everything. I mean, what's that done for for you as a as a tattoo artist? Well, I mean, it's definitely given us a platform. A platform, you know. Like yeah. I think, just like with most businesses, you know, you know, especially businesses where word of mouth is such an integral part of it. Yes, you know? yes. I suppose, in a way, it's also nice for someone, without having to come into the shop or whatever, you know, they can see the kind of work that you've been doing. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting feeling, that one. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to see, yeah, probably the, the little sadistic part of me <laughs> is to see, sort of, you know, the client says, oh, no, you know, I like the pain. And then you kind of, you see, you, you find their breaking point. Yeah, because there was, that cool, was, let's take a was, breather. That was super sensitive, dude. <laughs> oh, it's just over there. Yeah, oh. and we've got so much more to do over there. I know, that's fine. <laughs> so does this stuff come off easily? Or is it, it can do, it depends it on do. like the weather, yeah. and, like yeah. kind of how hot it is and mm. shit like that. You know? Like skin as well, like if somebody's like got rough skin, it tends to disappear quite often. You know? So I mean, is that, is, that, is that something you notice as a tattoo artist, that people have different reaction to the tattoo, different skin? Yeah, I mean, skin textures and everything, it's like, I, it's like the first time I put the needle down, I sort of like, all of a sudden, I, it's like, I get the gist of the entire tattoo okay. just by their, their skin texture yeah. and that kind of thing. And I suppose that comes with experience. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you can't, can't really approach a tattoo, one tattoo, every tattoo the same way you know, from, okay. that, from that scenario. 
So yeah. have, you, have you ever been for a, a, a bike ride like really early in the morning when it's like really fucking cold? Yeah. And then you stop for cigarettes on the way to the breakfast joint? Yeah. And you just hang around just too long that when you get back on the bike you fucking... Because you know like you get cold to a certain point when you're on the bike? Yeah, and then you kind of get used to it. Yeah, and then you get off the bike and you hang around for a bit and then you get on the bike and then you... Um, you get back on the bike then you're from freezing. Right? Yeah. It's the same thing with a tattoo. It's, it's a bit sore, eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah, it's just like when you come back, it's like, you gotta get back in the zone again. You definitely get a sense of where, you're, where you're, the, the nerves are. Yeah. So you excited about your Australia thing? Or are you still... Yeah, like, my wife and I were having a conversation about it last night, and like, we're equally sort of terrified as we are yeah, excited. Excited, you know? yeah. Because, I mean, excitement and, <coughs> and uh, anxiety are pretty much the same feeling. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I think once we've gone and visited and everything, and you know, sort of like sussed out, you know, the place, I think we might sort of little bit be a little bit more at ease about it. So when did you say you're going again? Early next year? Then? So Feb we're going to visit. Okay, and that's like activate your visa? Right? Yeah, activate the visa and then hopefully we go to, and then yeah, so like latest August next year. Where did you say you're going again? I can't remember. Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like so far, like all the research we've done and everything, and like we've sort of like watched a lot of like videos and you know, like you're in the day in the life of, you know. And it's, oh, it's like really, it's got its shit together, hey? So yeah, we're, we can, and we are yeah, pretty excited about the whole idea. Yeah, it's like I'm in no sort of like, dream state that it's going to be easy. I think it's a mindset, eh? Yeah. Like you, like you say, it's, 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 it's probably good reasons, to go with a mindset like that, that you know it's going to be hard. It's one of the like, reasons why I want to take my dog with. It's, yeah. It's almost like that, yeah. that homely comfort mm. that I'm so used to, you know? You'll be our, you'll almost be our anchor. Yeah. yeah. Did you find out what, what breed is yet? Yeah. Chihuahua, Maltese and Boston. I kid you not. So a little bit of well, you seem to have more Boston than anything yeah, else. Pull So, have you been to Australia before? No. Not a fucking <laughs> chance. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting um, adventure here. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's sensitive there. Where, where, where? Yeah, suck it up, dude. Suck it up. I'm too nervous to. Why? No, not, not to get it done, to actually do it on Sunday. Oh yeah, I was chatting to Monkey about how did he feel about when he was doing his first one. Because I'm sure as time, it gets easier, right? Well, yeah. Not really. Not really. Well, do you still have that angst when you're going to do a tattoo that's like yeah. a style you haven't done for a no, while? I mean, it's like, it also sort of like, you know, we're doing this podcast and... Oh, uh, yeah. Are you feeling nervous? Well, I was. It's a bit late. <laughs> Once I get once I get into it, it's get like, into it, yeah. Yes. But it's funny how it's like when I ch like old Rich, oh Uncle Rich. Yeah. So I'm doing a podcast with him. <clears throat> yes, so I, I, I tattooed him so quickly, so often. Eh? Is it yes. like when you say quickly? Like within, he had like six, seven pieces within like a couple of months. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like his I like his tattoos. Eh? Um, but anyway, so we're doing the podcast. So we're sitting there at the CBL. And I'm trying to make it like, like super relaxed and whatever. And I turn the, I turn the um, audio on and I do a little 
you know, whatever. But I don't, he doesn't notice that I've turned the mic on. You see. So we start chatting, yeah. we're having a lacquer chat there, like 10 minutes, uh, 10, 15 minutes. And the next one he goes, well, the mic's on. And I said, yeah. And, he, and like all of a sudden he changed. Eh? Like it was like, it was like stage fright. Yeah. Eh? I think it's almost like you, you've got to pretend it's always on. Yeah. Or it's never on. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Any chance we could just take a five minute break? Okay, let me just... Sorry, mate. Well, fine, I can get my wedgie okay. out. <laughs> That's on the podcast. So you're not doing bubble run this year? Or are you I'm hoping to. That'll be awesome. Like I'm the, also thinking about it. Because I booked a spot, so... Have you booked a spot? Mm. Okay. And... But it all depends on whether I get a bike or not. Yeah. Whose bike did you say you borrowed when you uh, used when you did the DGR? Uh, one of Triumph SA's bikes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the new uh, Speedmaster, mm. which was fun, eh? Oh, it was like, nice. It was such a chilled oh, ride. It's cool. Like, it wouldn't necessarily be my sort of bike of choice to buy, but it was. It was such a beautiful ride, like so smooth. Mm. Like power though, like yeah. didn't expect the power out of this. Oh, really? It was like a couch. Also, yeah. it just flies. Because uh. the same, it's the same motor than what's in the um, it's the twelve hundred. Oh, the twelve hundred in the Bonneville. Oh, the Bonneville, yeah. Oh. So when you when you're in Australia, you've uh, you got a gig sorted out for yourself. Hopefully. Yeah. Like I've got like a little guest spot that I'm going to be doing while I'm there visiting. And if we gel. Oh, so when you go in February. Yeah. And if we gel and it works, then hopefully I've got something you know, a little bit more concrete. Yeah. Because unfortunately it's not necessarily sort of skill set. It's, it's rad that if you're not sort of stepping on anybody else's toes in the, end of the, yeah. in the shop. But at the same stage, it's a very social environment. So you kind of have to gel. Yeah, with you the know, people, with, yeah. with personalities. It's yes. not like a desk job where, you know, it's just all prim and proper, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like people, you, we sort of like rub off on each other, you know? Not rub off one on each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. rub off one another. <laughs> yeah, that would just be weird. <laughs> rub one off on each other. So, um, that's a silly question, but I mean, are, are tattoos big in Australia, I'm sure. Mm. Very much so. You're going to be doing lots of travel. It's a lot more um, accepted there than it is here. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Like, you know, you have like corporates fully mm. tattooed. It's no yeah. issue there. Well, that's what I've noticed in corporates now. It's not, it's not frowned upon like it used to be. Yeah, yeah I mean, you still like full body suits and everything. People are a bit weirded out yeah. by and yeah. that kind of thing, you know. Not getting Canadian, No, no, no. Not shaded. Uh, he's, uh, Monkey's just going to put some red in it. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Maybe blue in the BMW bag. No, no. It's a particular style. Oh. With, like Trash Balker is the black and red. Is that correct, eh? Trash Balker? Yeah, it's almost like a realism with a very graphic sort of vibe to it. You know? Yeah. Thanks, Let's dude. Take Let's take okay. a breather and then we'll do the red just now. Okay, awesome. Because then it's pretty much done, right? Yeah. Awesome. Dude. Just the red. Thanks. The cable and then. Cool.
Thank you, sir. So your, your, your equipment, you, are you using the cartridges that you were talking yeah. about? Yeah, so it's basically, you pull the cartridge out, yeah. single-use needle, okay. and you can use it for whatever you want to use yeah. it for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I can remember when I got my first tattoo, it's like this long thing like yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, you couldn't just just quickly detach and yeah. sort of like reattach it. So you had to have like now I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six needles. Yeah. I mean, I need six machines sitting out for that. Yeah. Now. So they're all different sizes. Mm. Uh, yeah. So like you use a different one for shading. And yeah. So like my smallest one I've got is. So oh, my smallest one is a, it got like a, th a grouping of three at the end. Okay. And the biggest one I've got. And that was the one that you used for those. No, it's for the tiny little ones. Oh, okay. And then the biggest one I've got has got 18 needles on it. Okay. So that's that's for, that. that's for the bigger stuff, yeah. yeah. yeah and then I've got like in betweens as well. Hmm. Mm. What's Dry going rub on? this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it seems like each tattoo artist is a bit, a bit of narcissistic. Of course, I or mean, not narcissistic. Say the sadistic, sadistic tendencies. Yeah. Candy would like to pretend she doesn't, but you know, you don't have any sadistic tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> but there, you know, every now and again, there's a client we like to hurt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then you'll change the cartridge every time you change the color, huh? No, no. no. So, no, I'll just clean, uh, clean the cartridge oh, clean out it. and okay. stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, that would become a very expensive exercise then. Yeah. And uh, like, like for me, it's like I'll clean it out completely so there's mm. no remnants of it. Yeah. But like when they, they do color realism, it's all, they almost like dip into the new color and it sort of like, like it, it, it sort of like mixes within the, in the tip a little bit and that's how you get sort of blend it from one yeah, tone sure. to the next. Okay, fair enough. Does the color hurt more? Or no. It's, I, I mean, the, I think the idea behind, uh, behind that sort of theory is that, you know, a, a big color piece might take longer than sort of like a black and gray or sort of just a straight black piece because there's a lot more sort of, sort of technical aspects and blending of colors and everything. So it will take a little bit longer. So it probably just hurts longer than it. Because I used to get told that like different colors hurt differently else. No, unfortunately not. It's purely just based on sort of the time really. Let's not lie about it. <coughs> it is very sensitive to get it done. But when you take a break and then you start again, it's like you've got to like suck yourself up again. Because right? I think what happens to your body, I don't know, it's like weird. Your body like obviously helps you cope with it. And then you have a break and then you start again and then it's like feels more sensitive than the last time. I saw it in like proper slow-mo, like proper. But I showed it to you. No, no, no. Slower than that. Slower than that. Like it was close up and like mm. you just see the needles like pulling. Did you take another photo for me? Well, remember I said you must take a nice 
frame photo. Actually, take it from this side. I want to take one from there as well. Mm, you can do one from there as well. But, okay, I'll leave it up to you. I'm still letting you know that he disagrees with it. <laughs> you know, like do it on your own. But I just want to remind you that, <laughs> I, that, I, that I disagree with it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. There was a bit of passive aggressive going yeah, there. Yeah, that was brilliant. Well done, man. I'm learning a lot. You know, I have a, for later life. My four-year-old is not quite there yet, yes. but you know. Very big. Yeah. Well, you said he wanted it on his forearm, so I made it the size of his forearm. Yeah, because we hadn't really chatted about size. No, but also, I mean, like, beyond the yeah. detail that I had to do in this thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty pretty impossible to do it any other size. size you, know? yeah. you made it far by far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speak of the devil. Fine, you need spinning after the first one. Mine no, is, eh? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I should have, I should have taken it easy, eh? Those three sips, eh? Sicko. <laughs> 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 I was just, I was just, I was just thinking the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should leave that up to me. <laughs> I think you're pretty shit at it. Uh, thanks to you, that looks awesome. Awesome, I had fun, dude. Fuck, that is such, that is so, that's, I've got to tell you, okay, I'm much better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, the whole sketch and everything mm. is just exactly what I wanted. Yeah, it came out cool, eh? Thanks, man. I hope so, Andrew. Yeah. You know, it's a bit late now, eh? Yeah. Dude, thanks so much, man. Shot. I'm Alza. Let that breathe a bit and then we'll give it a wash and take some photos. Yeah, I think I think it was a good idea that we just did sort of the cable, you know. Yeah, no, 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 it seemed like that could have been a bit. Um, so I, I don't even know how to end the podcast. Neither do I, actually. It's like normally it's like there's your piece. Thank you <laughs> yeah. very much. Yeah, and Thanks, off you go. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> see you next time. Yeah, see you. Yeah, <laughs> but like I said, I mean, it's it's really worked out much better than I thought it would. Yeah, dude, I had a I had a blast. You know, it was. <laughs> Like I remember when the first time you know, at, uh, at Triumph. Triumph dealership we talked about it, yeah. and I was, I was like, yeah, it's a rad idea. But how many times you you hear somebody sort of say, oh, you know, let's do something. Yeah, and it never and, and, and it never comes to fruition because you know yeah. it's like we just have such busy lives. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool that we actually got Funny down to it. it so. yeah. yeah. But I, like I had a much more sort of like simplistic idea in my head but like when you sent me the the, the sketch i was like oh, it's so amazing yeah, but it, 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 on its own it's very simplistic yeah but at the same time it's it's heavily detailed yeah no it is you yeah know, so it's, it's much so, shaded but it's yeah but so it's it's, it's, it's almost a balance of both ends yeah you know? no, it's awesome. and uh, i mean like you said the red is is subtle enough yeah but it's it's actually eye-catching and I think yeah, I think the the, the rays up top sort of highlight the part of the part of the bike that you wanted to capture at the most. Yeah, exactly. It was the tank. Yeah. yeah. 
Because I mean, when I was looking at the thing, I was like, oh, maybe I must just do the tank, or maybe I must just do the engine. Yeah. But, but ironically, like, I think the the detail, but uh, sort of like the the comparison between the two, where the tank is not a lot of detail. Yeah. You know, and then you know the engine, which has got so much little little bit of details. Yeah. It kind of it bounces off of each other quite nicely. Yeah. yeah. But that could also just be artist bullshit that I'm blabbering, <laughs> who knows? Maybe. <laughs> you gonna wrap it now? Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll give it a clean, take some photos, and then we'll wrap it, and then you can keep that wrap on till tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, yeah. And then, and then just, nice yeah, just jump soapy. in the shower, give it a good wash with soap and water, um, pat it dry, let it air dry for 10, 15 minutes, and then either you can get our balm tattoo that we're sponsored okay. with, yeah. Um, it's like it's, it's not too badly priced, or the Panton from any disco. Yeah, 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 cool. Awesome. And yeah, yeah no washing dishes for. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. What's up? Well, what a way to do a podcast. I really enjoyed that episode. I hope you guys did too. Anyway, just a reminder check out the show notes, uh, DM me, give me some feedback, review and rate on Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. And that, my friends, is the end. I'll catch you next time.